1: Common Sense Recap of the Day's Biggest Stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: Witness today is uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And uh, he is one great American. Uh, He was number one in his class in West Point. Uh, He was CIA Director and Secretary of State. And uh, if something's going on in the world, he knows about it. Uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, uh, tell us, uh, there's so many things going on uh, in the world. Let's start with Mexico. Mexico is shipping all this fentanyl to America. And uh, it's killed over 100,000 Americans in the last uh, 12 months. And uh, it killed more Americans in 12 months than we lost in Vietnam Korea and Afghanistan all put together. I mean, this is almost a war against America. And uh, uh, Lindsay, Senator sent Lindsey Graham the other day says that we should take out some of those fentanyl, uh, 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 some of those fentanyl factories. Um, and we lost, uh, and uh, near Monterey, uh, we lost a few Americans. Uh, tell us what you feel like.
3: Well, John, uh, thanks for having me on again. It's great to be back with you. Clearly, the challenge that is presented in the United States from our southern border is enormous. We've talked on many occasions about illegal immigration, the fact that these folks are coming across in massive numbers, never before numbers, presents lots of risk, one of which you you walk through, right? The risk that you have all these drugs coming in, fentanyl amongst them. uh, It's going to kill lots of Americans. And so it's not just about the immigrants who are coming across, uh, we, we need to secure that southern border for multiple reasons, including both the, the people, uh, the drugs. And then don't forget, too, uh, there's lots of other stuff, including potentially terrorists. I think some five dozen people on the terror watch list have come across our southern border in the last two years since the Biden administration has taken office. And you don't, you don't have to pretend it's a problem that can't be solved because we had solved it. In the Trump administration, we had largely addressed this, and then they just ripped up a policy that was making sense. You know, the final piece of this is uh, the threat from these cartels uh, that they extend inside of our country in ways other than just the drugs that come across. We saw two Americans killed this week. Uh, the Mexican government's inability to control its own real estate, right? There's no Mexican government in charge of large parts of the nation of Mexico today. It is bad for the people of Mexico. We need to help the Mexican government figure out how to do this. But in the end, we're going to have to do the things like senator graham talked about we're going to have to do the things that protect america and whatever it takes to keep americans safe is on the list and if that means declaring these cartels as terrorist organizations i think that would be a very very good decision
4: mr secretary it's uh rita cosby it's great to have you here you know it's amazing um today just a few hours ago the president of mexico actually said this and i can't wait to get your reaction to this He said, we don't produce or consume fentanyl. Like, basically, it's your problem, America. What is your reaction?
3: Oh, goodness. Well, he's partly right about that. Uh, This fentanyl is beginning its journey to the United States outside of Mexico, largely it's coming from the Chinese Communist Party. So that part's true. Uh, It's also true that we have a far bigger demand for this than there is in Mexico. But to say it's not his problem, which is what I think you're getting at, uh, that's not true. He is allowing his country to be used as a trans transshipment location. Uh, it's coming into our country from his country. We have not only the right to figure out how to stop this, but the duty to figure out how to stop this. And we want him to be part of that. We, this is not, it's not anything about the Mexican government other than, hey, if you guys can't solve this problem, we're going to. Uh, they ought to be part of helping us solve this. Uh, we should demand that they are. We did it on immigration. We went down and we said, look, You've got to help us stop these caravans. You've got to help us protect our country. Uh, and they did. Uh, if President Biden would use a true American power in this way, we could reduce the deaths from fentanyl here inside our own country, wherever those drugs actually began.
2: Understood. Uh, going to the other part of the world, I mean, it looks like China is extending their fingers into other countries uh, uh, besides uh buying a lot of their oil from Russia at a substantial discount, Uh, and India is buying a lot of their oil from Russia at a substantial discount. Now China is urging Saudi Arabia to be uh, diplomatic uh, relations with Iran. How do you feel about that one?
3: Well, here's, here's the thing. If the United States won't stand with its friends, if it won't be prepared to do the things that need to be done to honor the commitments we've made, uh, and the Chinese Communist Party is threatening them. They're going to find they're going to hedge their bets. Every, every country will choose that, not just not just Saudi Arabia, as you mentioned, but every every country will, will will find a way that we've seen this with the Europeans, we've seen this in Africa, we've certainly seen it in Southeast Asia. That means America just has to be a good friend to do the things we promised we would do. That's good for America. That's good right here at home. Right when we had the balloon fly over our country for five days, that that is shameful. But it it sends a message to the to the world that says the United States isn't even isn't even prepared to stop the Chinese from spying from a balloon going at about four miles an hour over its own airspace. Uh, this, this is the wrong signal. It leads to fewer friends in the United States for us and more friends for China around the world. And that's not good for any family here at home in America.
4: Do you see that turning around, Mr. Secretary?
3: Uh, yeah, it's going to take new leadership, Rita. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's going to require the Biden administration to actually do what they said they would do their, their words with respect to China are pretty good. Now they need to start to actually execute against that plan, building out a a network of friendships around the world, putting, putting the American people first, just like we did for four years. When you begin to get that right, you can push back against the Chinese communist party. And if you get that wrong, they will extend to your point, John, they will extend their grip, their power, their influence over a lot of countries that will cause real trouble for us down the road. Uh,
2: Agreed. And, uh, uh, what's happening right now is I, I hate to say it. I think a lot of these countries have a lack of confidence in the uh, President Biden government, and uh, India is hedging their bets. Uh, Pakistan is hedging, hedging their bets. Uh, Iran, uh, Iraq. Uh, I, I don't know where to begin and start. I mean, uh, uh, no, John, is it you've just, got it
3: right. Yeah, yeah. So you got it exactly right. These countries are they, they, they want to be America spread. They want to trade with America. They want their kids to come study in America. They want to travel and visit America. They want to do business with America. But if America is not going to live up to its commitments to its own people, if we're going to to teach our kids that America is a racist nation, uh, wh- why would they not find another way, an alternative, a risk reduction model, right? You talked about hedging. That's the behavior you're seeing around the world. We, we need the Biden administration to, to defend America, to be strong, to be proud, not to apologize for America ever. And when we do those things, we will have better partners, more friends around the world, and Americans will be safer and more prosperous as a direct result of that.
2: I agree 100 percent.
4: You know, um, it's interesting, too. You hit on a good point there. Um, as always, uh, Mr. Secretary, we love having you on, the former Secretary Mike Pompeo. Um, you know, what's an interesting is you, you touched on sort of we're focused on pronouns and focused on climate change and not really focused on energy security and economic security? I, I mean, are we just missing the mark? And do you again sort of see this changing even before potentially new leadership? Or are we just sort of down the road and, and we're sort of set on it?
3: Well, I think, the, I think I think it's going to probably require new leaders, although I will say the committee in the House of Representatives led by Chairman Gallagher is doing really good work, and some of it is bipartisan, so I'm happy about that. But your, your point's exactly right. When, when your lead negotiator is John Kerry, right? When you send John Kerry around the world to lead on climate change, the rest of the world says, hmm, you know, I'm not so sure. And when you are conducting uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, and you're missing your recruiting targets by 25%, that does not instill confidence either in our own military or our adversaries' view of our military power. We've we got to get that back right. I hope that we will. The president's budget on defense was okay. I hope they'll go execute against that in a way that actually protects America. We we, we understood that American power was important to the American people, and we did it in a way that we didn't start a single war, Reader, not one, four years. We got a lot of our young men and women back, but the world knew that the United States, under our leadership, was tough enough to be a good friend.
4: Well, speaking of being tough enough, um, big news, of course, today. It was a unanimous vote um in the house of representatives going over to president biden to release the details of the origins of COVID. again it kind of goes back of course to china do you i know do you think we'll get to the bottom of this do you think the president will sign it and do you think we'll finally get some answers
3: oh goodness i'm only chuckling because it was almost exactly three years ago where i went on abc sunday more sunday show and said hey this, the virus came from the lab i, I summarize. Uh, and i was ridiculed called a racist now it's pretty clear that's what it was Rita, i don't know that we'll ever see any more evidence but we don't need to this, this virus came from the wuhan institute of virology it was accidentally released from there uh, I, I i know that to be true uh, i hope they'll release all the data that they have all the evidence i think everybody will see that 100 percent of the evidence points to exactly that when i hear dr fauci come out and say well You know, we saw some evidence about the wet market, and it was never clear. That's just not true. Uh, It's fundamentally false. Dr. Fauci knows better. He he knows that that NIH was funding gain-of-function research around the world, including likely in this lab, and he was covering up. We we know where this virus began. We know that Xi Jinping made the decision to ship it around the world by having contagious people get on airplanes and travel. Uh, This caused enormous loss of life all around the world, including a a million folks here in the United States, huge impact on the global economy. And Xi Jinping needs to be accountable for this. And I I hope the Biden administration will release this information because when they do, the world will demand accountability. And that is much deserved.
2: Mr. Secretary, thank you for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country. And and we'll catch up with you again real soon.
4: Great having you here. And you've got a new book.
2: Tell us about the new book, Rita. Oh, my goodness.
4: And by the way, never give an inch. And by the way, that is the epitome (laughs) of your life. And what a great
0: title, Mr. Secretary.
3: (laughs) Well, bless you, Rita. Thank you. And John, thank you for giving me a chance to be on the show again today. Thank you. Have a good one.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. We now have Larry
2: Kudlow, our country's leading economist, And the world almost is coming to an end.
5: Uh, What happened in California today, uh, Larry? Well, the FDIC has uh, taken over the Silicon Valley Bank. They've seized their assets. They booted out the executives. They did it in connection with the California Banking Department. And um, this, this story has sent a big shiver down the spine of the stock market for the last couple of days. Uh, yesterday down almost six hundred on the Dow. Today down, I don't I think it closed close to four hundred, something like that. It was a bad week. Dow's off fifteen hundred points this week. The S P five hundred was off five percent. Add to all that, you're gonna have uh, more tightening interest rate hikes uh from the Federal Reserve. So it's an unhappy situation. And then add to that, uh Joe Biden and his uh, Bernie Sanders. Elizabeth Powell, uh, Powell, uh, socialist budget with a five trillion dollar tax hike. You gotta love that on individuals, corporations, small businesses, capital gains, wealth. If it moves, tax it and kill it. So high taxes, high interest rates, uh, liquidity problem with the bank in California, Silicon Valley. Oh my gosh. It's not the best week I can think of.
2: Now, l- let me ask you, Larry, and I forget and I think you uh, you might know. Uh I thought that the FDIC or the government has said that all money market accounts uh were insured at one point. Is that
5: not true anymore? Well, look at uh, this is not about money markets. This is about the bank.
2: Yeah, but the and- bank uh, having money markets because well, I understand that ninety three percent of the deposits in that bank that uh, they closed
5: down was uninsured. Well, that's correct. Uh, over ninety percent. It's a, the inverted curve really hurt them because uh, they were buying cheap money and then uh, lending it out for a higher rate. But all of a sudden, they own too many bonds. Uh, look, I can't. I don't know the details. I mean, if a bank has a money market account, on I don't think that's necessarily insured uh, unless you're under two hundred and fifty thousand or whatever the right number is. There was an emergency uh, all emergency guarantee of all money market accounts, including all bank deposit-related money market accounts inside the bank. But I don't think that's been in place since well, the crash of. There's a lot of 2009.
2: There's a lot of small regional banks that all of a sudden take they took a real roller coaster rides today.
5: Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of rumors around. Um, I don't want to say. I'm, one I'm way not or mentioning another. any
2: particular bank because I, I don't want to do that. Uh, but uh, I, I just wanted to know the policy uh, because at one point. The, 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 either the Federal Reserve or, or the FDIC said that all money market accounts will be guaranteed because there was panic around and otherwise we may resume panic.
5: But John that I, I, I'm quite certain that that guarantee on money market accounts, uh, especially those inside the banks, that ended uh, with the financial when the financial meltdown ended. I don't think that's been in place for quite some time, so you can't lean on that. Look, I don't know what the FDIC policy is going to be with respect to the depositors of the Silicon Valley Bank. I don't know, Uh, but I think uh, the uninsured and then then like 95 percent of them uh, were over the limit. So I, I mean, I think you got a problem there, and that's why they seized it. So a lot of, a, a lot of people hemorrhage. lost a lot of money. I mean, uh, there's no other way to say it. Well, sometimes you got to lose money in a capitalist system. I mean, there's, you know, I, I don't want to see guarantees because those kinds of guarantees uh, would lead to um, what's called a moral hazard, and people would behave very badly and wouldn't care about managing liabilities and assets if they knew the government was going to bail them out every time. But Larry, it's
6: it's Richard Weinberg. I respectfully raise the question. It's not that these people did anything wrong. They deposited their money. So don't you think there's to be
2: some political movement to have a bailout? It was always a speculative bank. Is that what it is?
5: Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, it was the biggest lender to the Silicon Valley startups. It became a very famous bank institutionally. And by the way, it did a lot of good. But they managed their book very badly so as you know they owned a lot of bonds okay at a zero interest rate for repos or fed funds uh they were okay they were you know buying money at zero and uh they owned government bonds that yielded two three hundred basis points above but that has all changed now one thing i want to say to you though I, i i don't i don't think i agree People who put deposits in banks have got to investigate the soundness and safety of the bank and the management of the bank. That's so, yes, there for Yeah, me. although that's it hard, is, you know, to, to say
4: I'm going to do And You know, um, Larry, this is Rita Cosby. You know, all I always love. Have
5: to do is, well, hang on a second. All you have to do is, you, you know, if you're going to put your money in a bank, you're investing in the bank. And uh, if you're going to put more than 200, I think the number is 250000 you, you know, you better read their income statement and you better look at their balance sheet. Yeah.
4: That's, and by the way, I'm just it, my I'm point is my average. point is, Larry, is hard for the average person. That's my point.
5: Well, these are not average people.
4: And that's them. my point. Yeah, exactly. You hit it on the head. It's yes.
5: not an average bank. These, yeah, these are. This is not an average. This is not a retail oriented bank. This is a high rolling institutional Silicon Valley startup bank. Uh, it's a different game. It's not like it's Citibank. Look, I don't think the large banks are in any trouble whatsoever. They're very well capitalized. Uh, some would argue they're overcapitalized. I do agree with John. Some of the regional banks may yeah. become issues. I, I don't know that, and I don't really want to speculate on that. But that's a big, This whole story is rocked the market. But then again, how about five trillion dollars tax hikes? Which won't go through. Yeah, but it has yes. to be the
1: stupidest thing. Larry, I've ever
5: heard.
2: ten o'clock to one o'clock on WABCRadio.com, seven seventy on your dial. At ten o'clock Saturday morning, the number one show.
1: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on seventy-seven WABC.
2: With us today is going to be uh, uh, William J. Parker. Doctor William J. Parker, former president of the East West Institute, and. Uh, is doing so many things. He was in the Navy for like 35 years. Dr. Parker, uh, welcome back to the show.
7: John, it's always great to be back on your show. Thank you. Uh,
2: Dr. Parker, um, are we losing? uh, Is our uh, allies losing confidence in us? There's so many things going
5: on.
7: Yes. Uh, In in one word, yes, they are. Uh, you, You know, when you when you look at the new alliances that are being formed openly now with Iran, Russia, China, where the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey stand on a regular basis, how Venezuela is puffing their chests out more, what India is doing. Yes, they're they're starting to lose their uh, their confidence in what we're doing. It's, it's pretty clear.
2: I mean, it's clear that Saudi Arabia does not like President Biden. Uh, I mean, they gave him 100,000 barrels when he showed up. Uh, when the, when President Biden gave him the the pardon uh, for killing Khashoggi, and uh, then he went marching off, and then two weeks later,
4: Saudi Arabia cuts two million barrels. It was such a slap in the face.
7: No, absolutely, you're you're spot on there on exactly what happened there, and and you know they're looking at this Sunni Shia issue between uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran, and what they're doing with this new. Uh, relationship. Uh, There's a major slap in the face to the United States right now.
6: Dr. Parker, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. Good to have you back. I want to ask you, this seems to me, this is a real game changer if you have a strategic relationship again between Iran and Saudi Arabia. It impacts all our allies. It's a threat to the United States. It's a threat to Israel. It uh, ups the stakes for everybody. What do you say?
7: Judge, you're spot on there. Uh, you know, when you look at the JCPOA, we lost uh, fifty-six billion dollars in assets that we had uh, that we had been holding uh, prior to that. We paid out; uh, what will come out to about one point seven billion in cash because we paid them back interest on what we held from them while they were holding our people over there uh, during the Iran hostage crisis. So, so what has have you seen through the Obama and Biden administration? a loss of Afghanistan, $80 billion in in military equipment, Uh, a loss to Syria, and now Assad and Russia are closer. Uh, You have uh, Crimea lost to Russia. You have losing influence in the Middle East. And, oh, by the way, we're not pumping oil like we were before. So we're more influenced, we're, we're more, um, dependent. Uh, expected to get dependent. Thank you from uh, from other countries, and Taiwan's in jeopardy right now. So things aren't looking real good. And, and uh, I for understand the United
2: States. President Biden might be walking back some of the commitments he made about uh, Canada. Well, 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 what say you, uh, the Judge? What was the, name um, of the I, I don't know about uh, commitments to Canada. I don't know about but no, not Canada. Our last comment. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, you're talking about the Willow Pipeline. I understand. I, like had the Willow dinner, pipeline. I had dinner with Senator Sullivan on Saturday night, and uh, the fact is that they thought they had a commitment of doing uh, 250 uh, million barrels or something, and uh, and all of a sudden they're walking it back. And we have a pipeline uh, in Alaska that goes down to the 48 states of 2 million barrels a day, and we're only doing 375. So nobody understands why they're doing that, uh, uh, Dr. Parker. It's totally
6: yeah, self-destructive. Totally I, I self-destructive. don't
7: they're doing that. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to go to electric cars uh, completely, well, you're not going to go to that immediately. Our electric grid certainly doesn't support those kind of cars. Uh, so we've got a long way to go here. And meanwhile, we're being dependent on other countries like Saudi Arabia, which are now uh, cutting fuel uh, to us.
4: And, uh, you know, the other thing I was going to bring up also, Dr. Parker, to the, to that end, we were just talking about the budget. Uh, John, the judge, and also Gov Patterson, we were all talking about the budget. And what's amazing, this is what Biden just unveiled. It hits exactly. John, first of all, has been saying everything comes down to basically energy independence, like all the problems that we have had, the lack thereof because of it, what's happening in our economy. But the new budget that just came out from Biden has Thousands upon thousands of, first of all, the 87,000 for IRS, a whole bunch for climate and sort of ESG, and 300 for border agents, for new border agents. In other words, they want 87,000 IRS
2: agents and 300 border agents. The numbers don't make sense a little bit.
7: Well, they make exact sense if, if your priority is allowing others into the country and at the same time, Finding or finding ways to go after uh, U.S. citizens that are paying their taxes. If that if that is your approach, then then this uh, makes complete sense. If it's not your approach, then this is insanity.
4: Go Patterson, do you have a question?
8: Well, I'm just wondering how long this goes on before it really starts to impact day to day life in, in in the country. If if we're if our allies are that afraid to uh, even try to fight back against their adversaries. Uh, and I think it comes back to the Ukraine where I think we took too long to get involved.
7: Governor, we, we should have uh, gotten involved to the point where this this invasion never happened in the first place. So right. I agree with you. I think we're already impacted. Look at the price of food. Look at the price of oil. Look at the price of everything. Interest rates going up. Banks failing. The One of the largest banks in the country just failed today. So I, I think we're already seeing it uh impact us and i think we're going to see it more and the other part is when you start talking about uh budgets look at how much is being spent on the military and then look at what you're getting out of it we should be building a lot more aircraft we should be building a lot more ships we should not be sharing technology with those that we're not sure about and yet that's what's happening right now and meanwhile you know the, the the number of ships you know we're not the largest navy anymore. Um, Our Air Force is starting to be questioned with other air forces around the globe. We've got balloons flying over us. We've got some real issues. And other countries are looking at preparing for war, and we're not. And that's a problem.
4: And uh, before we let you go, Dr. Parker, um, I just got to ask you, we were talking right before the show. This was amazing. These big developments since you touched on UkraineGov. Of the Wagner group, these are these ruthless mercenaries that apparently have broken through in Bakhmut. That's that you know very contentious area there in Ukraine. Is that a sign that the Russians are making um, some headway? What does that mean of where we're headed there?
7: Uh, They may be making some headway there tactically, but they've already had between deaths and casualties over two hundred thousand people. The Russians are losing in a major way against Ukraine. They're they're losing with their With their reputation, they're losing militarily, they're losing financially. So I think this is a big loss for Russia, even if they take that particular city.
4: All right. Well, Dr. Parker, thank you very, very much. Thank you, Bill Parker. uh,
7: Thank you for everything
4: you do for
0: our country. Frank Bruno, he's your numero
1: uno. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
4: Well, we've got a lot of good legal minds here in the studio today. Uh, but joining us now, also on the show on Cats and Cosby, we have now former federal prosecutor Doug Burns. Uh, Doug, we're thrilled to have you here on the show. John was listening last night and he said, that guy is smart. I said, I know who he is.
9: (laughs) I appreciate that very much. Uh,
2: Tell us, I mean, all these developments, can they really want to do uh, things that stupid and and indict a former president over... uh, It it sounds like not a major item.
9: Yeah, I mean, as I said last night, John, I mean, you're talking about politicizing criminal law. <clears throat> so as a long-term you know, criminal trial lawyer for the last 37 years, when I see this happening, um, it really is disgusting. I mean, this is not the type of case... Um, to be putting big prosecutorial resources on, particularly with what's been going on uh, in the criminal landscape in New York City. Uh, So to your question, I mean, why in the world would they be doing this? And I think the answer announces itself, obviously. It really is very, very political. I mean, this thing goes back, I think, seven years, number one, and number two, If you look at the new book that came out, which I jokingly told Rita I won't mention the name of, uh, a book that was written, by the way, John, during an ongoing criminal investigation, which is unheard of, and the author admits that, right, in the author's note at the end. Uh, But if you look at that book and you really digest it, you see just how weak the particular theory is that they're going for.
6: And uh, it's uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. Welcome to Cats at Night. I think you're absolutely correct. I would say it's... As a general rule you never put your client into a grand jury to testify there's very little way you're going to talk them out of it and particularly in this uh, this climate in Manhattan you know you have a predisposed jury pool that's not Trump friendly I don't see what he gets out of it
9: Yeah no I uh, I agree with you 100% I heard what you said I don't believe in you know hard and fast rules obviously Uh, Coming out of the Murdoch trial, you know, everybody was pontificating about, oh, you never do this and you never do that. But I couldn't agree with you more, Judge. Uh, Nothing to be gained, and most particularly because of the location, because of the venue, and because of the intense anti-Trump you know, sentiment in this particular location, uh, Manhattan. So he will be well advised, and I have no uh, trouble predicting that he's not going to go in there.
4: And Gov Patterson, do you have a question for Doug Burns? Uh, I'm just wondering if
8: at a certain point uh, the issue of what this case is really about uh, enters the conversation. This isn't about uh, committing a violent crime or something really heinous like uh, causing people to lose their jobs. You know, something really outlandish. This is a dispute between two parties. And I don't know how it winds up in uh, in a criminal well, indictment. What,
2: what's the actual charge? Are they saying that uh, that woman was uh, was was trying to shake him down, and he wrote a check for one hundred
4: thirty thousand from the campaign account? Well, yeah. they're saying that, that, that Cohen that, 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 that Cohen campaign? made the payment. Michael yeah. Cohen, who's going to be a key well, witness. Saying, guys,
9: if I may jump in real quick, is that right. um, they're saying that in connection with that payment, you know, and from one standpoint, you could say it was a shakedown attempt by her. In which case, Trump is the victim, by the way. We must note that. Uh, The other one is that, you know, they're buying the story, you know, so that they can control it. Okay, fine. But the point is, they say they filed uh, false business documents in connection with that. I mean, it really is almost laughable. Now, that's a misdemeanor. This is the key. That's
2: right. The point is, you can
9: ratchet it up if it's in connection with another. This woman
2: was trying to shake him down. Absolutely. And, and by the way, on all the women that have been trying to shake him down the last 10 years, 8 years, Yep. Has any of them really had any sex with him?
9: <laughs>
2: do you okay. know you have a for a fact? That. That's right. <laughs> uh, we I'll need an expert
6: no, witness but, for this, Mr. Burns. Yeah, we Burns. need you as an we expert, need an expert, expert witness.
9: <laughs> we, need, we need experts, and I'm not one of them. But joking aside, um, no, I mean, it really was pretty much an extortion attempt. I mean, but the bottom line is you can ratchet up the misdemeanor you know, which, of course, does nothing for them because they want to get his scalp and all of that, Uh, to a a felony, if it's in connection with another crime under New York state law here, they have to push the boundaries of the boundaries of the boundaries and say, no, it's in connection with a federal law. Well, that's the point.
4: It's such a stretch, right? It is such a stretch. stretch.
6: And the feds won't touch it. Alvin Bragg Bragg is The feds won't touch it. Alvin Bragg, the local DA, is touching it. And by the way, even if they indicted him, it doesn't stop him from running for the presidency. Absolutely right. And, he, and if he got elected by old time, all the appeals got around, what would you
8: do then?
9: And <laughs> it's absolutely right. And by the way, throw in the related corollary, which, you know, I'm no political expert. You have me on for law. But, you know, he can, he can play the victim, the martyr, all day long if they indict him on this really weak case. And that's, he what, able, he said, he right. that's what he said. That's what he said and, that. and
6: by the Doug, way, if you love this country, is this good for this country to have this absolutely kind of visiveness?
8: Doug, if you, were, if you were advising him... Do you, I think he has a bigger problem in Georgia than he has in New York.
9: Yeah, no, I think that um, you're right, that there are some other cases going on. You know, you have the thing, you know, with the documents, which is also weak. I think the Georgia one, to your point, is probably the one I would be most concerned about. Right. You know, the exactly. irony
4: of it is, Guff, in the middle of all this, you guys, you, it's Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who seems when it's criminals and repeat when offenders. real criminals. Right, when it's real criminals. Right, when when it's it's cr- real criminals, a uh, right.
6: threat to public safety. He reduces Where's, Alvin? It. Where's Alvin? Where's Alvin? And he that's reduces, exactly right, that's
4: when he reduces the felonies to misdemeanors. And in this case, he's trying to bump a misdemeanor potentially <laughs> up to a felony. I mean, this is ludicrous. Guff wants to i I see that. Well, face. It was good <laughs> to
8: see that he finally figured out that the store owner did not commit a murder when he stopped the guy from killing him last yeah, summer.
4: Yeah. Thank yeah the, by the way, that poor bodega guy has left the country now. By did you way, know that? He's yeah, so traumatized. Some interesting
2: phone calls today. Uh, and, uh, that a lot of common sense Democrats are lining up to run against Alvin Bragg. Let's and, pray. And, uh, There's a lot of them lining up. So the same way, what we have in Chicago, we have uh, uh, Paul Vallis, a common sense Democrat, running over off, uh, running against uh, uh, Johnson Johnson, 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 who wants to defund the police. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this we're fighting for the life of Chicago on April 4th. We're fighting for the life of New York because. Governor, you gave advice to Governor Hochul on that budget is due April 1st. So we're going to decide if she is is going to hold the feet to the fire on the state Senate on getting safety
8: in our streets. What say you? It's going to be very difficult because one of the major pieces of her budget legislation is a whole new housing program. Uh, that has uh, and it has very serious effects for uh, uh, developers who are seen as zoning people in and out, and I, that's not going over in Long Island very well, and it's not even going over very well with the Democrats. So, that's- so
6: the governor zoning, as you know, is a local issue. Nothing bothers communities more than having state bureaucrats in Albany telling them how to deal with the local housing issues. And that's a real problem politically, and it's also a problem legally.
4: All right, you guys. Well, thank you, both of you. Everybody, Doug Burns, uh, thank you for joining us on this big breaking news. Thank you. Thanks for
1: having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
4: Big debate, everybody, about daylight savings time because the clocks change this weekend, in fact. And you know that, Gov. We've been – Judge, we were talking about that.
6: Well, Dr. Miklas, I just saw an article that was talking about the negative and positive impacts of daylight savings time. And I, of course, being a lawyer, know nothing about it, don't understand it. Would you please explain that to the audience?
10: Well, sure. Well, let's tell our audience what daylight savings time is. And the mnemonic to remember it is fall back and spring ahead. And when you move and add an hour, you have more sunlight in the day. And basically, that happens every spring. And the custom dates back to World War I because you wanted to save power and fuel. So people use fewer lights on sunny summer evenings but there are health effects. And I was just having a discussion with one of the top integrated medicine doctors, Dr. Magdalena Swarzewski, and we were talking about some of the effects on the circadian rhythm and the microbiome. And basically uh, this has been going on since 1966 with the Uniform Time Act, but two states, Arizona and Hawaii said, forget it. They have a standard time and they don't change it. And the uh, American uh, College of Sleep Medicine Did a big study just recently in 2022, and they found that when you keep switching the time and you mess with the biological internal clock, you have greater amount of heart attacks, strokes, depression, and other mental conditions are exacerbated. So uh, and even our microbiome, it works on a clock. We have a certain rhythm and how everything works. And when we disrupt that, it uh, disturbs just like, you know, sunrise, sunset. But when you start messing with that clock, it disturbs a lot of bodily functions and hormonal functions. And remember, as we talked about the other day, we have 78 organs in the human body and they all work together. And as I always tell everyone, we're just a big bag of chemicals. And that's why it's so important. A lot of times people don't test for everything. And that's why it's important to go to a doctor that does all the proper testing, keep everything in balance and your sleep balance, sleep hygiene turns out to be critically important, and the disruption with daylight savings time is a problem. And I think having a uniform time, they also found that people miss a lot of doctor's appointments when the time changes. And many people lose the follow-up, for example. A colonoscopy. Why is that? Why is that? Because because people forget to change their clocks and they show up at eight and they said, well, your appointment was a, an hour ago or an hour ahead and they lose their appointment. <laughs> now, it happens quite often. And it's actually it costs the country a lot of money because of that canceled uh, time space that the doctors don't see that patient and people miss, for example, their mammography. And then the next one might be in four months. So you have delays in diagnosis. So it would be much better for the country if it was uniform.
4: Um, uh, Former Gov Patterson, you have a question. No, I was just going to say that when I
8: worked in the Queens DA's office, I stayed over someone's house for a few days. And when I went home, I had never changed the clocks before I left. So I actually came to work an hour late, five days after daylight savings time. (laughs) Good story. <laughs> so, you lost also, a promotion? Also, uh, yeah, I lost more financial. than that. <laughs> Do- Dr. Mihalos,
2: what are you going to talk about on this Sunday show? You're on every Sunday.
10: Uh, this Sunday, uh, we're going to talk about uh, several things. We're going to talk about the effects of uh, marijuana on the, um, on the uh, human body and uh, some of the long term effects, and how to live longer and how to stay healthier. And we're going to give you a lot of little health bites and information. And uh, keep listening to WABC and stay healthy.
2: Well, thank you, Dr. Michalos. Thank you, you, doctor. you will be on the uh, Cat's Roundtable Not, Not only does he speak great, 8:00. he closes
8: the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's between called a closer. Cats round
2: Table <laughs> <laughs> on Sundays between 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. And Dr. Michalos will be on the national portion of the show between 9 and 10. Thank you, Dr. Michalos. And everybody, uh, what do we stand for? for? What do we all stand for? We need Margo,
4: too, with her. Margo, justice, Justice and the American American way. way.
2: God bless America, and we need God's help. Thank you so much.